episode 91, Tank Slap and Pod. Big one this week, full of energy guest, full of energy co-host, Rob McClendon. What's up, dude? Mm. Mm -mm. Man, I'm ready to talk to this guy, man. What's going on? What are we going to talk about today? I'm pretty excited because a lot's happened. Yeah, and we got, dude, we could we could have a very entertaining show with this guy, um, Danny Eslick. So you never know what you're going to get with Slick, man. This could go one of six different directions, but we got a lot of good things to talk about. We had, Danny's had an incredible career. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of shit, man, from the dirt to the pavement to just random shit. Like I seen he did a, uh, it was like a vintage road race in Florida before bike week. He, he rode like a, I don't know what they're even called, like a brakeless bike around like a pavement oval it looked like. So uh, he does. Oh, that was that sons of speed thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, you give the guy a bike, he's going to fucking ride it. Like he'll, he'll ride what you give him, have helmet, whatever. We'll travel, we'll ride, whatever. So uh Danny Eslick coming on uh yeah this should be good so Stoke Talk Danny we've had a lot of guests hit, hit us up and say yo you need to get slick on I'm like yeah you know what you're right it's 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 time so we'll chat with Danny here in a bit we have a few uh pre-things we're going to chat about as well I wanted to give a shout out to all the fans that uh have tuned in the last couple of weeks it's uh really been growing crazy like the the Jared Meese episode and then Nicole and a lot of people just now discovering what we're doing here and it's super awesome so thank you guys for for tuning in now and uh, make sure you subscribe on itunes soundcloud and spotify want to make sure we shout out these sponsors who have been supporting us for a long time now and they keep the show going mission foods really stoked to have them on board everything they're doing with with racing in general but flat track for sure and road racing it's just underrated how much they're giving uh giving the riders opportunities to make extra money supporting the teams and really thankful for their support mission food. So make sure you go to your local grocery store. And uh, even if you have to order online, make sure you buy, you buy and uh, support mission foods, uh, really good products, corn. I love the organic corn tortilla shells, the tortilla chips, uh, just so many products they offer. And I'm sure you guys can find something who doesn't love tacos or tortillas. You know, it's, it's a worldwide, everyone loves it. <laughs> so check them out. Bell helmets, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. Quality and safety is unmatched. If you start tank slap and you want to be protected by Bell, they've been with us for a long time. Super stoked to have them on board. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com. Indian Motorcycle, the whole crew at Indian Motorcycle, really thankful for what they're doing for the sport, supporting us, big supporters in Flat Track, Moto America, Super Hooligan Racing, and much more. Uh, a lot of great motorcycles they have. Uh, go check out a dealership and test ride a bike. Moto America, Circuit of the Americas this weekend, man, April 8th to the 10th. If you can't be there live, can't wait. make sure you subscribe to the Live Plus package. $89.99 for the season or $12.99 per event, worth every penny. What they do with their, their live packages is incredible. We tune in every race. I'm stoked to get it going. We got... We've had Daytona, which was which was rad, but we got Superbikes this weekend, and I'm a little bummed that Brandon Posh, my buddy, is he injured himself and's missing the uh, the opener. But I looked at the pre-entry list. Uh, Chuck actually, Chuck Axlin uh, reached out and showed me the pre-entry list, and I'm like, damn, dude, let's go. That looks good. So a lot of good riders signed up in Superbike and all the classes really. So it's it's stacked. I'm stoked for it. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19 inch and 17 inch flat track tires. They offer off-road, street, 
moto, uh, like I said, flat track, anything you need for your motorcycle, I'm sure Dunlop makes it. So make sure you support those that support us. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. And Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Really stoked to have Jerry on board helping us and, and keeping the sport going. But hey, Rob, I got a few topics to talk about. I jotted down here. The one I wanted to bring up, I saw you saw it as well. It was on, I posted a video on my race page on Facebook. It's it's a video of me riding my twin <laughs> on a short track. And Anytime I post any sort of riding videos right now on Facebook, I have somebody chime in and tell me how to gear my motorcycle or your gear tight <laughs> or what are your thoughts? Can you, you're more of a tech guy than me. Let's, let's shed some knowledge on some of these older fans that grew up in the Rotax XR750 era that may not understand the reason for why so many guys are gearing their bikes the way we gear them right now. Well, first I'll let me back up a little bit and say that it's, it's hilarious because, you know, first of all, you know, and it's in all sorts of motorsports too. You get these guys and, and I'm not disrespecting old guys by any means because young guys do it too, but they see a video and they're like, especially it's, it's a, actually, you should be happy. It's worse in road racing. Cause I'm a member of some forums still from when I was in road racing and they're like, looking at a picture or a video of a dude riding you're like oh man his sag is way off like he's getting cold tearing and this. i'm like dude you cannot tell what's going on even by video like jared Meese could look at it and be like yeah man i don't know like you could have a suspension problem you could have a tire pressure problem you could have a riding body style problem like there's so many different things and then like with your guy that was you know not trying to throw shade on anybody so we're not going to use his name but you know drop two teeth it's like no man like they don't understand like when you're on the rev limiter you you couldn't do that back in the day with a rotax or a triumph or an xr 750 because the ignitions are not what they are nowadays like i'm trying to think of before the 450s came out you didn't hear rev excuse me rev limiters because other than modern sport bikes there were no rev limiters on an xr 750 um or a rotax like you knew you were revving it too hard when you started hearing or feeling the valves float um same thing with you know the, the vintage dudes and, and and two strokes they don't have rev limiters either but you can kind of tell they start like chirping and making all sorts of weird noises when they just cannot rev anymore but to answer your question for me personally i find it helps me set up for the corner better too because if you're geared a little bit on the tall side it kind of shoots you in a way through the corner so the easiest way for me to describe it is you know yeah it's not amazing just to be bouncing off the rev limiter like it sounds terrible to me still but when you ride a bike that's properly set up, like for instance, a 450 and you're just banging the chip, you know, all, all it does for me is, is help me get into the corner, you know? Um, now there's lots of riders that'll give different feedback on why and, and yeah, you want it geared tight. So it's pulling maximum right off the corner. You're not sluggish coming off the corner. I mean, there's, we could talk about it for hours, but at the end of the day, like, you know, not trying to, not trying to be cocky with you, Corey, but you got a big old number one plate on your bike for a reason. And like, I'm pretty sure that you know riding that Yamaha. How many years now? Three. Or that uh, it's geared just right yeah. for what you need. Yeah, I, so, I thought it was know, funny. The the comment was straight up, "Take two teeth off." And I'm like, I I started typing something, then I deleted it, then I started typing again, oh, and then I deleted. It. It's like, man, I don't want to hammer. Like, you know, it's I don't want to be that guy, be a dick. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like 
I've been on this bike. We've, we've won a couple of races with it. Like, I think we're good. We're, we got the gearing figured out, but yeah, it's for me, like with these new bikes, cause I've ridden XR 750s, Rotax. I've ridden obviously pretty much everything. And these new bikes, like they work good on the rev limiter, like the parallel twin, the power curve, it helps you get off the corner. Um, it's traction really. If you can lug quote unquote lug spin, I call it really easily on, um, these modern bikes where you're just, you need to get up on the, on the RPMs to drive you off the corner. Cause, and it goes back to what we talked about maybe last week or the week before, but the track prep thing, um, and the way we got guys rode the tracks, like momentum and it's, it's just different. Uh, everything's different. Things, things evolve. And yeah, the rev limiter, man, it, it is not, it, the sound just, it just pierces these guys, some of these older guys ears. It's like, no, it's, it's oh. okay. Like, I think it all started back at Daytona short track, the, the new one outside the speedway where guys were yeah, lit. Yeah, that's, I can... The track was so slick guys. You couldn't be successful there unless you were hitting rev limiter immediately off the corner, da, 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 all the way down the straightaway. Like guys that were doing it, were dominating and winning, winning these races. So, dude, um, so yeah, <laughs> quick, quick feedback on that real quick and and some people might not have known me from back in the day but i used to you know work with sammy halbert quite a bit and you know the first what like four years of that new daytona track like he was the guy to beat and and you know i hope he doesn't beat me up for telling this because it's obviously an older bike now but we actually had a higher rev limit and he would be sideways in the middle of the corner basically on the rev limiter all the way down the straightaway but just going like pop 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 and you watch him go into the corner and it just I mean, all the credit in the world to Sammy, but you know, the bike setup was pretty damn good too. Um, and, uh, it, it was, I can vividly remember, like, that's the first time when I remember as a collective group, like when a lot of people figured out that, holy shit, like the rev is the way to go at this particular track. Now you're not going to have people gearing like that on the Springfield mile and stuff. So I guess we should take that consideration. Like nobody's not so nobody's much, banging a but Briars, I mean, you listen to the fast guys on the Indians, man, they're still hitting rev like, it's, you know, guys are winning nationals and it's da, 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 da into the corner. So um, anyway, guys, when you hear the reveler, take a deep breath. It's all right. Like it's, it's, it's something a lot of guys are doing and it's successful. So, you know, I just, I thought it was so funny. Like just, just getting a uh, gearing advice on my page. I'm like, all right. So, um, but, but keep commenting on that stuff. Cause we definitely need something to keep talking about on the pod. So like, we're not hating on you for making those kind of comments. Just, nah, yeah. you know, before you make a statement like, Oh, your gearing is all wrong as a national champion from my seat at my computer at my house. <laughs> just remember, like we, we, we got it, yeah. but no, you know, we still like to discuss it. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, yeah. uh, we, we, it gives us something to talk about, something to talk you about, know, it's yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. And then, um, so what's next uh, on the dock? I got one more quick thing here, and Danny's actually on, but let's uh, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, we'll try not to keep it long. Danny sucks. <laughs> uh, let's let's get into this real quick, Rob. Um, did you see the news, man? It was I think it was Revzilla, Valentina Rossi, AFT. Um, are April Fool's jokes just not funny anymore? I mean, what are your thoughts, man? It, it's it's really oh God, I, I'm a silly kind of guy and I get the silliness, but it's like something like that's been played out for so many years. I mean, yeah, it's like oh ha 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 ha, but then like it gets shared and then like and then you got the guys that like take it way too seriously. Like, no way, that's a April Fool's joke. You're an idiot. Well, like guys, it's it's not that serious. Like you know they're trying to make a joke about it and yeah, like 
A for effort, but anybody in their right mind knows that the last thing Rossi's doing right now is, is taking a pay cut to come run AFT now. Not saying that wouldn't be the most coolest shit in the world to see him grit up and get his dick knocked in the dirt by, you know, some 16-year-olds <laughs> on 450s. But, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just – it's not happening. Like, and I'll be the first one. Dude. I'll go eat a big pile of cow shit in the corner if he shows up at Springfield. But <laughs> it, it wasn't just ain't Springfield. happening. You I think I mean? they said sack. Peoria, and then the one that really like it was like, all right, this is, would never happen is Volusia. I'm like, bro, he ain't running Volusia. Like that is no the clay but... half mile is the last track. One of those, you know, with no <laughs> runoff. Like, dude, they don't like American Road Race track because there's not enough runoff. Can you imagine dude, him racing? Like, remember, like Volusia. <laughs> remember Tony Tony Elias came over. Which which half mile did he run? Paris, I think. Remember, right? like it was Paris. I think it was Paris. yeah, and he was he, like, like sorry, buddy. Like, the, I mean. You know, and, and these guys, you know, it's a much different story. You know, Rossi's ranch is his place, and, yeah, he hauls ass there. And, I mean, I think he's beating J.D. and Sammy there, but that's his track. That's a whole different – Different setup. whole bikes. different mindset. Yeah, dude, it's, it's – yeah. Rossi's a man. But, we love Rossi, but, dude, he ain't racing AFT. And April Fool's jokes are pretty lame. Like, like But, hey, while we're on it, though, let's 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 just make a quick – or maybe we can bring Danny on, but I'm kind of curious. Like, so let's just say – Let's bring Danny on. Rossi, we'll bring Danny on, and then let's – uh and then we'll we'll – We'll we'll get that because I, I know what you're gonna ask and I definitely want to get his insight. Slick man, what's up, dude? Not much. How's it going, guys? Good man. Well, yo, yo. Good, good to have you on. Rob's got a. I know you're listening to uh, the Rossi deal, but Rob's got a follow up uh, question, and then we'll we'll get into your part of it. But yeah, go ahead, Rob. All right. Well, let, let's let's just say in the last five years, because you know it's gonna it would probably have to be a TT, I would assume, but. If he were to come over, or we'll say any MotoGP guy that would come over that's a legit fast dude, you know, what track? I would think it had to be a TT, something like, you know, the Arizona TT, like this really flowing corners and like, you know, I just don't see Rossi showing up anywhere like on a half mile or a mile. So it would have to be a TT or maybe like Daytona because that's kind of slippery white dirt like his track is. But yeah, just kind of curious, man, what track would and should Rossi come and race at? You asking me that one? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, Peoria would be a, I think, would be a cool one. It's, uh, you know, something that, something with a front brake, I think, would be, uh, be up his alley. Yeah, yeah. Peoria, for some reason, that that one's kind of like Moto guys that have done Peoria. They've always like were like, damn, this is kind of gnarly. Like even Sipes kind of struggles a little bit at Peoria compared to the other ones, but. I don't know, man. Maybe Castle Rock TT, something, something technical. Like Marquez would probably be really fast at Castle Rock TT. I mean, there's whatever. He's not coming over, but it's just like I, I saw no, but it. See, the, Marquez is, yeah. Marquez is crazy enough, man. I mean, I, I would put him in the main at, at any track. I know that sounds really silly because he's never ridden a mile and probably never even a half mile. But the dude doesn't care though. He will literally go out there. He'll like he'll follow me's and figure it out in like two laps. And then probably pass him. Yeah, like, I'm just saying, I think I'm you're reaching a little bit, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I four fifties, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like of any of the riders that could potentially have a successful AFT career, or Jack Miller, Jack Miller would be pretty fast too. I have always, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fast, I didn't think about him. Pretty, didn't think about him. That dude's fucking gnarly. He's he's pretty he's pretty but, gnarly too. Corey, you've said numerous times on this podcast that you basically hate all Australians, including Max Whale. So <laughs> oh, I don't know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's just Max. Maybe it's just Max. Now, uh, all right, Danny. Well, dude, thanks bastard. for coming on. It's it's been like a long time coming. A lot of people have reached out, and we want to hear Slick. I'm like, all right, let's do it, man. I, I want to get him on. So, um, thanks for taking the time, awesome. dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, 
racing. So like, I want to talk about your amateur career a little bit. We don't, we don't talk about it too much on the show, but uh, I definitely, I'm genuinely curious, like where did little Danny Eslick as an amateur rider, youth rider, where did you grow up racing? And mainly who were some of the dudes you grew up with? Um, I like hearing like amateur rivals, like who were the, your, your amateur competition that you grew up with? Yeah, I mean, basically grew up, I got, you know, obviously wore out hand-me-down stuff that my brother AJ had already rode into the ground. And, uh, you know, he kind of <laughs> paved the way for, for my amateur stuff along the way. And, you know, from PW50 to the uh, 80 class and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, amateur-wise, I mean, somebody that I continued to race into the pro level with was Corey West uh, from, you know, barnstorming indoors and, and short tracks and that stuff around Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas. Uh, you know, to road racing at Daytona. So it's, yeah, he's probably one of the guys that was my closest amateur rival growing up. And then, you know, there was obviously a, a lot of other people, the, the Sher brothers from Texas. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of fast riders that I raced against, you know, around local stuff that, that definitely pushed me to, to get to where I'm at. Yeah, right on. Yeah, we, we've had Corey West on. He's he's a pretty awesome dude. But yeah, I think he actually talked about talked about growing up with you as well on on that whole deal. But no, nah, it's interesting, man. I, I mean, for me, I've I've raced with AJ. AJ is a good rider, man. Like he's that guy was pretty underrated. Uh, your your older brother just he'd always like just find a way to get into the main. It could be the hardest semi or whatever, and you had to win it, and he he would put a lot of good guys in the trucks. He always had a way of, like, figuring it out yeah. and being competitive. He was a kind of a gamer. Like, whatever he had to do to get it done, he always he always was in the mix. So, um, yeah, a lot of respect for AJ, man. Right, yeah, I mean, like, back, you know, 100, 100 guys at Daytona, the short track was the first main event he ever made, and I think he put, you know, Brett Landis on the truck, winning a semi or something like that. Dude, I, I, yeah, I remember that, man. The freaking – AJ was no joke, man. Um, He was – for a few years, too, like, he was, like, one of the dudes in the Sportster series that – he was, like, one of the – and I only know this because I raced that series briefly, not very well, but he was, like, always one of the guys. If you weren't, like, on a Maroney's bike, AJ was, like – or the Sherbs. I remember the Sherbs were really fast on Sportsters too. But I remember – was it Freeze Harley-Davidson he rode for for a few years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and dude, he was—I mean, he was good on every bike he rode. But for some reason, he gelled. And then, fucking hey, dude, his little brother Danny comes along and fucking wheelies and wins the Springfield like first time out, and wheelies the whole straightaway <laughs> on a Sportster. And I'm sitting there like, damn, I'm not even in the main event. I can't even wheelie my Sportster. And I wheelie pretty good. And this fucker is doing like a straight wheelie down the back straightaway <laughs> or the front straightaway. That but whole yeah, I mean, it's pretty funny. That whole deal is pretty funny because I'd uh, signed with Suzuki. We were, you know, riding the factory Suzuki's that year, and I basically didn't have enough points to get my expert license. So they wanted me to ride anything I could to get my points. And I had no plans or intentions of riding Springfield that year. And basically, the morning of the race, I rounded up and borrowed gear and steel shoe and helmet and all that stuff. And so it wasn't even a planned deal to race Springfield that year. It ended up going out and winning the thing with. I think AJ actually made my number plates. We turned, I think it was one of Scott Stump's number one plates <laughs> around backwards. And he, he colored and Sharpie and made me a number plate. <laughs> Dude, was that what? Oh, Oh four, maybe something like that. Oh three, maybe Oh three, Oh four, okay, yeah. something like that. Dude, I, I think it was I'd like to find that. I'd love to find that video, man. Cause, uh, just like, like I said, I don't, I didn't know all the details of that even. I was like, well, shit, dude, there's, cause I always, 
actually, I don't even know if you remember, but I knew you and your brother originally from Dubberly, Louisiana, the Brian yep. Tripp races. And I was like, yep. holy fuck, that guy's fast. But then, like, we were at a party or something, and, like, Mark Birch was like, hey, man, watch out for them Eslick brothers. And I had already known AJ. He's like, man, I shit you not, word for word, Mark Birch says, do not let Danny Eslick borrow your XR100. And I'm like, what? <laughs> something about you jumping one off a roof and breaking it in half or something. I don't know. But you know how Mark Birch is. He's just hilarious anyway. But, uh, but yeah, yeah we, we had our fair share of XR100. I actually bought one from uh, from Super Camp. And Walker always said you're, they're indestructible. Well, we destructed a few of them. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I've, I've heard that same sentiment from uh, from from freaking Danny Walker just – you don't let it, don't let us like borrow your, your your mini bikes. Uh, yeah, that's funny, dude. What 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 like kind of gravitated you toward the pavement? I mean, obviously you you probably grew up racing more dirt. Um, and AJ really yeah, I mean the, he never really rode a lot the of whole road race thing came. The whole road race thing really kind of was a start with my grandparents asked me if I want to go to some sort of summer camp or tennis camp or something. I said super camp. And so they paid for me to go to, to super camp in, in Colorado with Walker. And, uh, I went up there and I think I was probably 12 or so, 12 or 13 and, and kind of beat up on the instructors a little bit. And, uh, Danny was impressed and, and he got a hold of my mom after that. And I went out to a few more schools and, uh, he got me connected with, uh, with this guy the Grant Burger Mills with Shogun Motorsports out of Texas, and and they got me a RS125 to start road racing, and that's just kind of all just skyrocketed from there. I rode the 125 for two years, and then I think I raced a, a 600 at club level, like three or four races, and then basically straight into the AMA Nationals after that. Yeah, did you ride for uh, Grant? Uh, was it Matt Matsushima Ma- or something? Matsushima, like yeah, that was so. You know, the, we started with Suzuki, I believe it was 03, 04. I was signed as, you know, the Suzuki factory flat track or whatever. And then, and then that went on the next season. I rode, uh, I think I did like four races in the road race stuff. Did 750 Super Sport and Formula Extreme, basically Dude. from riding the 125. <laughs> so I was <laughs> so, running the deep end. So let me fast forward real quick, Corey. I know I didn't mean to, don't want to cut you yeah, off, but I, while we're on the, while we're on the road racing segment, um, so a lot of people don't know this. They just remember like, holy shit, Danny S like, like paddled some people's asses on the Buell. But I mean, if you look back, you kind of basically threw like Jamie hacking into retirement, dude. And I remember specifically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mid Ohio, you like yeah. down the little back short shoot wheeling the thing like past him, but it was like bowing and weaving and like twisting itself in knots and people, and don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of people are like, Oh, that's a cheater bike, blah, 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 blah. But you had two cylinders compared to four, and you, other than I think Taylor Knapp put one on pole position one or two times, maybe, but you were the only yeah, one. Yeah, they kind of like, put it on the box somewhere. But other than yeah, that, there was five, there was five mules out there, and every time that we were on the podium, Hacking was bitching, oh, I've, I won the 600 race, and I would just shut him up. Well, there's four other bikes out there, and none of those were on the podium. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Nobody else had the success. Like, you just you gravitated and you gelled with that Buell. I don't know if it was just from you manhandling it or it just fit your style or you just said, fuck it. I'm going to win on this fucker. I don't care what anybody says. Cause dude, I mean, Jamie hacking, he made, he made himself look like a little baby a few times crying about that thing so much. And he's out there on a multi-million dollar factory team. And you're over there in a, a, a you know, a straight up, just a Buell. Right. You know? so, so that whole deal, if we back up a year at same race at mid Ohio, I, I got to ride the, uh, the Yoshimura, factory bike Ben Spees mm-hmm. had hurt his hand it was in, in the 
running for the Superstock Championship, so he didn't want to wear himself out riding the 600. And at the time, the Suzuki 600 wasn't that great of a motorcycle. And uh, so I think I was running like fourth or fifth, maybe. And Hacking, I think, had already locked up the championship. And he came in and just totally cleaned me out in turn one, took me down, and I was ready to throw my helmet at him. And I think Kevin Schwantz grabbed me and called me down. So, you know, I, I don't ever forget things like that. So the next year, whenever it was <laughs> my time to punt him, I punted his ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mid-Ohio is a fun track, too, man. It's like a roller coaster. I wish they'd repave that place, but, man, I always love the layout there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I had, you know, some good success there and uh, on lots of different motorcycles. That was definitely a, a fun racetrack. Well, man, um, go ahead, Corey. Nah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, a ton of – I mean, I followed, I followed you all the way through your road racing career, and obviously we were – my family, we had a Harley dealership, and we sold Buells, so – at the time when you were like the Buell guy, that was, you know, we talked about it a lot back, back in our dealership. It's like, yeah, man, that's like, he's crushing it on the Buell. And um, no, that was really cool to follow. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a big Buell guy myself. I grew up with that brand and Eric Buell and really cool guy, really, really smart guy, man. And uh, that bike was super awesome uh, to watch win. What the, definitely it's like what year was it that so basically I'm asking this. So Corey for the, uh, for like the teaser of the pod, like, you can, I think there's clips on YouTube, but what year would he need to go look up Mid Ohio where you're on the Buell like wheeling out of that corner past Jamie? Oh nine, yeah, yeah Corey. I'm right. YouTube it, down, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's, it's like it will, and just that lap in general, like that Danny just threw in a hail mary lap, and then like to rub the most salt in the wound ever, he like yanks the wheel up on this freaking beast, and like it, it was, it was one of them things. It's like it was one of them things. Like you would expect it on an XR100, not a freaking Buell at 130 miles an hour. So, um, <laughs> it was a good motorcycle. I did. I, I gelled with it really good, and and the crew I had that year was amazing. I had uh, I had some of the best guys in the in the industry working on it and putting the whole program together. So it was it was definitely a kind of a dream year. And I basically was coming off of being a Suzuki paid rider for quite a few years, and that year I signed up to basically for bonus money and and for win so if i wasn't winning i wouldn't get paid so it was kind of that was you know putting the bread on the table if I, if <laughs> right I well you won the sport bike championship i i think i have this correct man so 09 and then 2011 you came back and won it again um and then kind of want to transition over to obviously you're very well known for danny s like daytona 200 like you've won that race i have four years here 14 15 17 and 18 is that correct um that's right all right man well let's talk about you in daytona um let's talk about your your success there and why you why you you know do so well on that racetrack and then as you answer it transition over to this year and you know uh, tobc you've been with them for a few years and you know that was you know you were in the mix again like you're always in the mix there what what's up with daytona and, and danny eslip yeah Man, I don't know. It's you know, it's not like I'm the the smallest guy out there. And Daytona is all about you know, lightweight and high speed, and you know, drafting uh, plays the biggest part of it. And I mean, you got to get through through the first stint is the biggest thing, and not doing anything crazy because there'll be a lot of guys till the first pit stops, and then you got to get through that first pit stop, and then then you start hitting lap traffic, and that's something that I think I've kind of do generally do better than other guys that's getting through the lap traffic and not hesitating and getting held up and and just kind of being a little more aggressive through lap traffic and trying to build a little bit of a lead 
which I've, I think they'll, I won one of them by a few seconds, but other than that, they were like draft passes to the line. Um, like last second, you know, it was a drafted Heron to the line, freaking falls to the wall, you know, about scrape the wall going into the tri oval. And, uh, I don't think he was expecting me to go around the outside on that one. I believe that was my that was the second win. The first one was on a Triumph, and I won it on uh, the Suzuki, and I've won it on a Yamaha. So I think I'm the only guy in the history to win it on three different brands. That's so badass. Yeah, and then this year you were you were teammates with Brandon Pash, and uh, I've known Pash. Well, I call him Pash. I think it's Pash, whatever. But I call him Pash. I grew up with Brandon, and it was uh, I saw the the picture of you and Pash standing next to each other that's a hell of a fucking duo right there so um how, how was that man because you know you grew up and uh now you're a veteran of the sport but at one point in time you were you know you you and brandon have a lot of similarities you guys are you know just big personalities and um and then you know he had a rivalry with kind of heron this year a little bit before the race started and 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 then you, you've had one and so like it was kind of funny you were kind of eating it up a little bit but yeah, talk about talk about that this year and uh, being team. Oh, it was, yeah, it was good. You know, the the it's kind of weird. The whole uh, I mean, the first couple of years we're obviously playing for the two hundred, but these last couple that we've done have all been thrown together last minute, and we're not sure if we're going to do it. And then last minute, Michelle with TOBC goes, "All right, we're going racing," and and she you know pulls out all the stops and gets the best people to build the best motorcycle and. Uh, you know, then she wanted to do a two rider deal this year with Brandon and, you know, it worked out really good. It was uh, something different for me running Pirelli's this year instead of Dunlop's. Cause I've been a Dunlop guy pretty much my whole career. And so we got a, a quick test in a few days before the 200 and, and Brandon was a good bit quicker than I was at the test, but I think it's, you know, he had ridden that bike or a similar motorcycle the year before in England. And, you know, so it was one of those, I was kind of getting up to speed and, and at a test is one of those you can you can learn a lot but you can also set yourself back by throwing it down the road and so i didn't want to do that and we get to daytona and we were both you know going really good there and uh you know the race was going really awesome and then on the restart i i messed up and i left the pit lane speed limiter activated so when i took off it you know whatever 40 miles an hour whatever it is the bike just basically shuts off and i'm worried about everybody ass packing me going to turn one and I think I was almost dead last. And I don't know how many seconds back I was, but I chased the lead pack down and caught and passed him. And once I caught him, I was like, oh, these guys are in trouble. There's there's no way I'm going to lose this. <laughs> and and we pushed it one lap too many, and I ran out of gas leading that sucker. Man, you know what? That, still, though, like, and a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is because Daytona is one of them races where – there's a lot of fucking dudes out there. There's generally what, like 60 or 70 riders. So yeah, that, there wasn't that many this year, but generally the, yeah, there's 50, 60 guys out there. All right. Well, still it, say, well, let's say there's 40. You don't realize like when you, what you did, like you, you passed, like there was laps where you passed like two and three dudes a lap. Like that's, that's been pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. But, but I do want to s- slow down real quick. And I think we'd all be doing a disservice. if we didn't like give a shout out to Michelle Lindsay, cause I'm going to give a brief synopsis on, on her and her passion, but so if I'm correct, she was in a relationship with was it John Couch Crouch? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. John Couch. And who who started TOBC, and he was in an unfortunate uh, airplane accident at I believe VIR uh, right. some yeah. number of years back. So she lost like her partner. Um, but 
she kept the team and the spirit alive because I remember seeing him back from the Weira days. He was all around. And then, you right. know, she kept his passion alive. And man, like every year, like you said, man, she might not be on the grid at every race, but when it's Daytona time, she's got some serious passion and you can see like the tears in her eyes too. Like when she doesn't go out there to half ass it, like, so I just want to, you know, give a big shout out to Michelle. Cause I, I don't know her that well. I don't think she knows me that well, but you got to respect somebody that can do that and, and stay in it. Cause there's a lot of people that would just be like, Nope, I'm, I'm not doing nothing with racing again. It'd be hard for me to show up to the racetrack again. And, uh, yeah, so and it was so- it was a big deal. I mean, after after he passed away, I mean, it's not like she got the team handed to her. She had to go and buy everything, bought the eighteen wheeler and all the parts and tools and uh, equipment that that he had acquired, and and she kept it going. I mean, we ran a she ran a freaking awesome solid team in in uh, Moto America for several years in in the super stock class, and uh, you know it's been it's been an honor to work with her. She's uh she, you know, a great boss and a, and a good friend. Yeah, she's a. I would just say an ambassador to the sport because she's like one of the people that kind of flies under the radar a little bit. But if you talk to her, or like I've only had a few Facebook messages over the years, but you can just tell that like she's really passionate. And and I think to this day, even I mean, she's still you know keeping the TOBC name going because you know that was John's vision and that was John's deal. And and you know I'm assuming that he brought her into that, and then she's keeping it going. So. Just, just a lot of love there, man. Because there's a lot of people that would probably hang it up after something like that happened. And uh, man, I'm thankful because you're a good friend of mine. Posh is a good friend of mine, and hell, half the guys she's had ride are friends of mine. So, uh, you know, I just want to give a big shout out to Michelle and a thank you for that for keeping a ride going for some friends. Yep, and uh, hopefully she's. Uh, I think she's actually headed down to Coda this weekend, and and uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything but i think we're she's gonna to try to do something for next year maybe a little more full time so uh you know keep our fingers crossed and maybe uh maybe something great will happen for next year man well i don't know i'm sure there's no details yet but you know i'm a triumph dude at heart so if she's gonna go something with triumph tell her call daddy rob uh, we want to help out D <laughs> D wants to be a part of it right. yeah they do a lot of good things man it's always cool to see them kind of showing up and and being successful especially like a what like a female like owned race team you know that's it's not something that's common in in our industry and to see that you know it's uh like brie poland she does a lot of, of good things and obviously man that that stuff's good like to have people like michelle doing what she's doing um i i kind of mentioned it right yeah and, and yeah. Like, part of our she was a part of the program with with buell in 09 oh yeah i've known her uh my since i started road racing and, and she's definitely she's uh definitely another a woman in the sport that's that's done a lot yeah no no doubt about it man a lot of respect for for her as well and what she does just with so many different brands man she just crushes it so um i talked about it briefly and i want to kind of yeah and then another one too another one too is Shelly shelly rossmeyer you know oh, put, yeah. a, put the harley mm-hmm. together for me to ride the backer class and uh you know the whole thing at daytona this year didn't work out very good for us they they moved the race to right but one of the races to right before the 200 and with the 200 being what it is, I had to opt out of racing that race. And, you know, she was, she was pretty gutted that I decided not to ride it, but it's just one of those decisions I had to make and focus on the 200. Cause that was kind of the, the bigger picture there for me. No. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Shelly. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even think about that. They've, they've been doing it for a long time as well. And yeah, I forgot that. I was wondering why, cause I got there right before I caught the last few laps of the bagger race. And I was like, where's Danny? And they're like, he didn't, he didn't grit up. I was like, oh shit. And I didn't even think about, yeah, the 200, that would have sucked. That would have been almost impossible. Yeah, it was supposed to be after the, it was supposed to be after the 200. It, was, it would have been pretty tough. Cause after the 200, you're pretty well, you're back shot. And 
so you're ready to get off the motorcycle but i was i was excited the bagger thing has been a lot of fun to ride the, this last year year and a half and yeah she's uh she's put a lot of a lot of effort into to doing it and you know that's i was basically in 09 when i rode the buell it was ross myers you know bruce ross myers destination daytona was the was the title sponsor on the bike that i rode and you know unfortunately that year bruce got killed in a in a wreck at sturges and kind of similar story with with michelle shelly kept the you know the legacy alive and kept on going because bruce was a big racing enthusiast and and shelly is is no different i mean the weekend before the 200 we were at new smyrna speedway racing vintage bikes uh we were in different classes but i was riding like a 1940 something harley that with you know no brakes and suicide shift it we was, talked uh, about uh, that before you cool came experience. on i'm like dude this dude will ride anything he did like the the whatever that vintage sons of speed thing like you'll ride anything man it's it's right. uh, it's really refreshing to see like you don't give a shit I'll, you'll ride it so um i wanted to tie i talked about it you briefly know? but i wanted to bring it up again because we're more of a grittier grittier pod and um you know you, you've had some rivalries over the years and like you know you mentioned uh, jamie hacken and um well rob brought it up and josh heron was one of your guys you guys kind of went back and forth a little bit but um, you seem like you seem yeah, like you're good time. now, but what was that rival rivalry like? And was there anybody else that kind of you guys kind you might have butted heads with coming up through? Yeah, I mean Josh was probably the the biggest and and some of the nastiest rivalry we had. I mean, there's times that either I'd ride by and flip off his whole Yamaha team riding down pit lane, or he'd come by giving me the finger. Or, you know, it was uh, we never got physical. I don't think. I mean, on the racetrack, we definitely did, but. It was, I don't know, I'd been at, at the road race still for a few years at the pro level, and then he came in, and he was a young, young, fast kid, and, uh, you know, there he was maybe pulling some aggressive moves that were, you know, maybe I didn't like, and he thought was good, and uh, so it was, uh, it was definitely some intense, I mean, me and him have made a lot of contact over the years where, uh, you know, you go to a rivalry that, like, Martin Cardenas and I had, where we rode harder, harder than me and Josh did for all these years and we never never traded paint not one time it was just a a different level of respect between the you know the two different rivals i mean i remember uh i think the best one was uh somewhere i think it was barber either it was always sometimes it seemed like it was you and heron or you and heron's dad yeah <laughs> phil yeah. you and phil and i remember it was me and heron on the racetrack and me and heron's dad <laughs> off the racetrack <laughs> i remember there was like a water bottle and like bring it on pussy or something like from yeah. the podium like from the podium yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was doing a live interview i think speed vision at the time and he said something to me and i turned around and said my piece that was definitely not rated for tv and then i turned around right back to my sponsor spiel and just right back into a professional <laughs> interview it was great it was amazing it was there was seriously something like bring it on pussy it was amazing i love it. i know you're you're a big sponsor guy now so i don't want to like keep bringing that up but um dude, so there's i've got so many i mean danny i've known you for so many years but you know in and out like we actually competed against you on our triumphs when you were with uh Stamboli. And right. there was one event because there's certain things in my mind that I can I'll never forget like <clears throat> like Sammy at uh, Charlotte I can still hear and see that at Road America you rode the Daytona 685 into a concrete wall at like what like 120 miles an hour like uh yeah it uh it's thing high side me going into I don't even know what, whatever there's another video Corey Corey needs to yeah. pull this one up 
Dude, that was the yeah. gnarliest straight-up sound of just crack and crunch I've ever heard in my life. And I, I'm yeah. sure Stan Bully just pooped through that bike. That motorcycle was destroyed. I think it broke the crank in the engine when it hit the wall. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, literally. I, that motorcycle. Yeah, it was wide open into a brick wall. Like, And I didn't know if you were mad at the bike or it was like an accident. I never knew you high-sided before that. I just was like... Well, Danny didn't like that bike because that one was not. Yeah, no, I, I high side. I mean, threw me off, and the bike just stood up and went straight. I mean, it never, obviously, never slowed down. And I, I'm guessing there what maybe there was a gravel trap. I think it just it just beeline through the gravel trap, and I mean, it hit that concrete wall just t-boned. I'm actually, uh, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it did high side you. Oh my god. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Oh. So I think I Corey, I'm sending you the link. All right. <laughs> I think I was running about fifth or sixth, and I don't know. We were struggling a little bit there that weekend, and I was I was going for it. I mean, it was pretty tight. I think we was probably halfway through the season or so, and and I think it was kind of pretty much me and Gagne all year for the most part for the championship, and uh, it went to the last round. I think I think I had to just finish right there close within a spot or two of him to lock up the championship, and. Uh, I ended up crashing. I was racing the Sportster that year too, the 1200 Sportster. And yep. I crashed that bike. I crashed that bike in the morning warm up and hurt my shoulder, which was really no excuse. I was, yeah, I was in pain, but I mean, he flat out whooped me in the rain that race, and and I had nothing for him uh, that year. And I think I ended up getting beat by like five points for the championship that year. Oh shit! Oh my god! Yeah, send me that link, Rob. Right. Well, I'll, I watched it again. I'll check it out. Oh. I just did. I messaged you to your Facebook, <laughs> dude. You got launched so hard. The high side, dude. I never knew it was a high side, dude. You freaking flew. Yeah, that was, oh. and that's that's uh that's probably not high side in a few, but that's probably definitely the biggest biggest high side that I've had. I've had bigger, faster crashes at Daytona you know, six gear wide open coming off a NASCAR four and, and, uh, you know, lost the front tire and I don't know, probably doing 160 miles an hour and, you know, slid for a mile. It seemed like, and it got up and was fine. But that, those high sides are no joke. That that's no fun. It hurts. I wanted to, uh, I was Stan Bully pissed off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Corey. He wasn't happy. He definitely wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. want to transition. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk. Well, obviously, we've we've covered a lot of your road race stuff, and um, I wanted to transition, man, to like the flat track stuff. So you've been uh, you've been in the production twins the last three seasons, and dude, you are like it's it's crazy racing you because you could be off, like you could be off the pace a little bit, but Danny Eslick, like this is coming from a competitor, you get good starts, so you could be on the second row. And you could squeak in, like you could squeak into the top two from the second row. Like um, you're, you have a, you, yeah. have, you have a shit ton of racecraft. So no matter, it doesn't really matter where you qualify. If I would look on the sheet, like LJ would show me the sheets and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, Danny, like, cause you're, you're a menace. Like you get good starts, you're aggressive and you have a lot of racecraft. So you don't get like championships in, at any sort of discipline, at any level professionally, without having that racecraft, and it transitions to every single form of racing like you don't lose that racecraft. it's different but you still have like that ability to like figure it out and like there's been a lot of races in yeah i mean with the, figure it out with the with the sweet racetracks that we get you kind of have to get a good start you know it's <laughs> uh if you don't get a good start it's a lot of follow the leader and uh you know, it's going back to racing against my brother at, at local indoors. I mean, it was, if you didn't get a start, you're either going to just have to mow the guy down to, 
to run him over and get him out of the way. And back when we were doing all the indoor stuff here locally, me and him finally made a pact that we would just put whatever we both made, put it together and split it evenly. That way we didn't knock each other down for a hundred <laughs> bucks. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, you don't like run into people a lot. Like I've, I've, it, you do it clean, like you're aggressive, but you're real clean. I mean, I think the only time, I think we were at Texas the one year and you slammed me pretty good. And, and then like, as we're racing, you're like apologizing. I'm like, you're good, dude. Like, it's all good. It's a racing deal. Like, yeah, I mean, that's when I first started first term pro, I was definitely a lot more aggressive and, and would run people over and that kind of deal. But I guess, you know, you, you get a little, little more experience and, you know, you kind of treat guys the way you want to be treated. Yes. I'm going to be aggressive, but I'm not going to go mow somebody down. And, you know, it's not like we're racing for a million dollars. So it's, uh, you know, you don't want to see anybody get get wheeled out in the ambulance over something stupid like that. But I mean, I think one of the guys I probably hit the hardest in the last few years was was uh, Matea at at the uh, was it Atlanta at uh, Woodstock, and it was like he'd already had the thing stop and turn, and I was burning it off in there, and it wasn't intentional, but I was, there was no way to stop it, and I I nailed him, and it was one of those I think he was a little bit pissed off for a second, but it was like, dude, that was not intentional, and it was you know we talked afterwards, and it was all good, but yeah, yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. I definitely have done my fair share of moving people out of the way, though. Yeah, but it's like it doesn't seem like it's spiteful. Like, like, like I said, it was like I think it was that Devil's Bowl. I was like, nah, dude, it's all good. It was racing. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at all. Like, I would have tried the same thing. So, um, but, but like you being aggressive, it's helped a lot. I think in road racing and then back to dirt track, like you can transition it well. Like you mentioned in the 200, like, and I would agree. Like watching, like you're so good with lappers where like a lot of road races are, they're a little timid. Um, you get near a road racer and, and they like, they get real timid. Like they're not used to that, that close racing. So um, no, that's, that's some good insight. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and this year, dude, it, it's really cool to see you racing in the super twins. Um, so I wanted to ask about that, like your transition, you, you've been in production twins the last three seasons. You've had some podiums, you're, you're always a contender. Like you always, like I said, you always figure it out and you run up front, but what went into that decision to move up to super twins and what's the biggest difference I mean, it was so far? Last, I mean, last year I got, uh, I got one of Davis Fisher's old bikes and kind of was doing, doing it on my own. And, uh, I mean, another guy that I grew up racing against as an amateur and into the pro career has been uh, Rob Pearson. And so, you know, and Travis Smith helps him and Jeremy Rackley out and, there was things, you know, that I needed that I didn't have last year. And Jeremy was more than happy to, to lend me some tools and some parts and this and that. And then over the winter time, uh, I'd heard that he was wanting to do a two rider deal and that I was the guy that he wanted to ride and it all, everything just kind of fell into place. So it, uh, it just, it all just kind of fell in my lap really. And, and it's, definitely been uh been a bit of a struggle so far i mean the, the test day evolution was really good when the track was good there and you know grooved up i was i was like fourth fifth sixth you know right out of the gate and had not even set on the motorcycle until that day so you know and from there we struggled on, on the wet track at at volusia and then texas was another one we we kind of struggled a little bit there but i think uh i think moving on we're going to get some more experience and some more seat time and and hopefully you get that thing, you know, up further in the front. Oh, dude, I think I think you will, man. You just you you're so versatile. It's gonna happen. You know, you just gotta have it naturally. And of course, you know, it's kind of tough because you know, like either Briar or Jared or both are always gonna be on their game. But, Absolutely. Um, 
but uh, I, I think uh, I think there's going to be certain spots where you're you're going to have your shine too, man. I mean, I know I know it's tough, you know, because you know it's kind of hard to those guys are on it so damn much, you know. But uh, yeah, they, you know, they, the amount of testing and and I mean, just the the years they have on the on the Indian already is in their crews. I mean, they, those guys are no joke. They've been winning races and championships for a long time, and you know, it's uh, it's, it's tough to beat them. Yeah, no, I, it, it's really cool to see, like, obviously, um, it's cool to see the guys from production going up and being successful in, in Super Twins, and I, I, I was watching you at Volusia the test day, and I'm like, dude, fifth, like, let's go, um, so, no, it, it's really cool to see, and, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, cool, it's cool to see you on a good bike with a good team, for sure, um, what, uh, yep, it is it's definitely, definitely good experience on the Indian. Yeah, and I was going to ask, what are your plans for the future, man, like, you're, you're you're a crafty veteran you've been at it for a while um you know you, you talked about the bagger stuff you're doing and you talked to you, you've just mentioned the indian deal like what's your what's your plan for the next how long is danny Eslick gonna gonna do it dude i don't know we'll see it's uh i don't i don't plan on stopping anytime soon it's uh you know it's my passion i've always said if i'm not having fun i'm not gonna do it and i've, I've been having a lot of fun throughout my career so you know i if if everything keeps falling into place, I'm going to keep racing for as long as I can. Yeah, I love that. Like, it just seems like there's certain guys, and Danny's on that list, like, with, with Rossi, that, like, when you're on a motorcycle, you just seem like you're having fun. Even a bad day on a bike is still better than a good day at a real job, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Slick could get, like, 10th, and he's doing a wheelie after the finish. Like, it don't matter, dude. Like, he gets 10. Like, at Daytona, he's doing burnouts. Like, midway through the race, you're – looking over at your motorhome crowd in the, it's the first horseshoe and you're, you're fist pumping, man. It's like really fun and refreshing to see. Cause I get caught in the seriousness of racing and like, I'll come off the track and like in a semi or something last year or whatever, and I'll get like fourth and you'll finish fifth and you're doing a wheelie, just like, just pumped. Like, give me thumbs <laughs> up. I'm like, dude, that's like, that's awesome to see like guys that have a personality and just love riding motorcycles. Cause nowadays at the pro level and in all in all racing like you know especially road racing and supercross man these guys are just they're robots and they forget why they started doing this to begin with and it's really right what's up too is i remember i remember as a kid sitting in the stands at springfield and watching ricky graham pull out and wheelie the thing so you couldn't see him anymore down in you know around a turn two basically on you know on the 750 and it's you know there's no better film than pulling out on spring front straight of springfield mile and ripping a big big stand big old wheelie down into turn one and and you know the fans love it it's uh it's crowd pleaser you gotta you gotta you gotta please the crowd was he your guy was graham your guy or i mean i know you're an okc guy so yeah i mean he was just somebody that was all amazing to watch some of the things he could do on a motorcycle was was pretty unreal uh you know I, I liked all kinds of guys back when I was a kid. I mean, Murphy was somebody that I always pulled for, you know, and then there was, there's lots of, I always, you know, Chris Carr was a, a guy that I looked up to because going through the super camp stuff, I obviously got to ride with him quite a bit as a, as an amateur on, you know, 100. So I, you know, learned a lot from him and, and that's another deal that Danny Walker and Chris Carr put together. Uh, I actually got to ride Chris's woods road tax at the amateur nationals one year. And that was, uh, wow. you know, that was definitely a big deal for me. It was, it was pretty neat. We loaded the the road tax up and Travis Smith's old beater van and, and Travis is out at Kenny Tolbert's and Travis is trying to get a spare pipe and handbars and Kenny's like, Nope, here's a bike and a stand and a gas can. That's all you get. Go. 
<laughs> Man, uh, so I don't know where we can keep you in a while, but I do want to know too. So obviously you're loving the racing too, but a lot of people don't realize you're actually uh, you're like rider coaching slash mentor in a, a pretty hot little junior. Uh, well, he's not a junior because they don't have that anymore, but uh, a, pro, a pro sport 450 class rider that just sat on the pole for the first time, right? Like you're a pretty big part in his career, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, his grandparents' house was where me and AJ grew up riding for, you know, since we were a little kid. They've had a, a, a badass little short track there, and so that's where we cut our teeth as kids growing up, and that's where we'd go practice and test and, and learn and, and basically learn a lot from, from his grandfather and, and the old pros, basically they called them around here, all the, all the old guys that put together Mad Dogs and started racing mini bikes and uh, so yeah, I've been riding with Gage since you know since he was a little guy, just ripping around on an XR80, and you know to to see him go and put it on pole down there in Texas was uh was a big deal for sure. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, I was about to say the, 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 a lot of people probably didn't realize who we were talking about, you but said, we are discussing yeah. Gage Smith, um, clearly talented man, and I, it, it's funny because uh, originally this is hilarious. It's kind of embarrassing now, but it's still funny as shit though. Like the first time I ever knew or met Gage Smith, I had no idea he was related or kind of related to Danny and that's the kid I was like fuck you after the, when, he, when he knocked me out of the uh the qualifying <laughs> get uh at the throwdown and then I was like oh when I found out I'm like oh god I hope Danny ain't coming over here looking for me <laughs> I figured if it was you you're probably you're probably drinking a beer laughing saying haha Robbie you're not in the main event now <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh I remember him I, I wasn't there but he had called and, and said something about it he was like oh Rob's pissed <laughs> <laughs> you were like good take him out next time wreck him <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all, man. We were sitting there looking at the track in Texas and he's like, what do you think, uh, Tex? And I'm like, dude, I think you're going to be good. Like, I don't think you got to worry about a damn thing. I was like, you just do what you do, man. I, I, he's kind of under the radar a little bit. You know, everyone's talking about Sadhoff and Tyler Scott and, uh, on, on certain racetracks, like he's going to get his man. I, I said it, I said it, uh, I think we did the preseason show and I was like, dude, that kid's quick. Like he's he's gonna get some good results this year. Yeah, he's got a he's got a really good program underneath him. Uh, you know, uh, Ron Belt, the guy that he rides for out of Kansas, has put together a a couple of really nice four fifties, and uh, you know they're they're some of the best the best motorcycles out there on the track. And you know it's uh it's up to Gage to pull the trigger and and get the job done. And and so far he's done a you know for a rookie first season he's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah and you, you can tell like you you either he just gets it from you or what, but uh, you can tell he's having fun on the motorcycle too. Like he's always smiling and and uh, yeah, so that's that's a good thing, man. Because rookies have a lot of pressure underneath them, man. A lot of times they go and like the only thing they worry about, oh, I got to make the main and do this, but he's already done that, so he's done the hard part. Now he just has to realize that he belongs there, which he probably already does realize that. But uh, but yeah, I'm proud of the dude, man, because he was also one of my picks too. Like you know, there's. This year with him, Sadoff, and uh, Scott, you know, there's some really fast freaking rookies. Yeah, the 450 class is definitely stacked. It's uh, I rode the I rode Texas a few years ago, and it was <laughs> hell. It was an eye opener for me, and I've been I've been in a lot of big races, but it was you know, there it's pretty cutthroat in that 450 class. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want no part of that. Are you doing any? Um, <laughs> are you doing anything else, Danny, besides the um, the bagger stuff this year? Are you gonna do? Are you, like are you? I don't, I guess you're not racing Coda, but are you, are you racing any other? No, I tried. I tried. I saw, I saw where Brandon got hurt. So I called the, uh, I was talking to the Altus guys. Cause I, I raced for them a few years ago on a 600 and, uh, 
I tried to squeeze in and, and get a, you know, steal my teammates ride for the weekend, but they, they were going to park it. And since they're not running 600s there, they're not going to end up going to uh, Dakota this weekend. But I tried to, I tried to sneak in on his ride this weekend, but it didn't happen. <laughs> oh man. That's uh, I wouldn't stick to see uh, who wins Coda, man. Who's, who's your, who you picking? Like, I mean, it's a new season, but uh, there's a lot of good guys on the grid this year. A lot of, a lot of new teams and or not new teams, but guys switching rides and it should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's probably going to be a Yamaha show down there. Honestly, it's uh, it's kind of the they they've got their 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 crap together. I mean, the Stan Boley builds some amazing motorcycles and and Gagne and Cam Peterson are are hauling the mail on them. So I think those are going to be the the two guys to definitely to beat down there. You think uh, Marquez is going to be able to come back and and win it? It it Coda, man, he's he's got a hell of a record there. I know that, but it's uh, everybody else and in, in the GP stuff has stepped their game up. Um, it's that's a tough one to say. I mean, everybody thought Bagnai was going to come out and just clean everybody's clock this year, and and that's not been the case. So it's uh, the MotoGP stuff. The the way everything evolves so quick, and and riders learning, teams learning. It's uh, it's a tough one to call for MotoGP. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it just I gotta, I still gotta go with Marquez just because his record there. But man, I, I sure like hell hope that his uh, his vision issues are, are over, man. Because man, the dude's like so good, and then he has like these crazy wrecks that what was it, four wrecks I think in the last race or last weekend yeah. he was in before the race even yeah. started. Yeah, and it's uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a, definitely a confidence knocker when you're hitting the ground that many times. I mean. <laughs> It's one thing when you're having little lose the front and tip over and pick it up and keep you know ride the bike back in, but when you're when they're destroying motorcycles and whacking your head that hard, it's uh that's a tough one to come back from. It's crazy, Man, actually, it, it, like can... the safety. Like as much as many times as he as hard as he's crashed, like we've come a long way with our safety gear too, dude. Like it's actually crazy to think about. Like, dude, he literally lands on the moon, falls, you know, just crashes. 20 feet in the air and then like yeah dude like he gets back up and then crash like he does the same thing it's it's actually crazy how how far along we've come with like safety gear and shit too like i you know back in the day if if one of those guys on those 500 cc bikes in the old vance and leathers or whatever if they crash like that dude they're it's, they're probably going to be out for a little bit so um yeah probably be a career i don't even, <laughs> that was I didn't even dude, think he was racing wrecked- this weekend that's crazy Man, I, I wrecked at Springfield last year on a short track and was, like, crying for my mom. It, it hurt so bad for me. And these guys wreck it, like, 150 high side, fly 100 yards. And then before they stop sliding, they're running to go get on their backup bike. They, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do was get on a motorcycle. After, <laughs> and then these guys are, like, sprinting to their backups, you know, like, God, they're just on another level, man. It's just so cool. Um, one more thing I had for you, dude, and you like to have fun, man. It's, it's no surprise. Like you go out after the races slick is having a good old time. Um, so you, you've been out with a lot of people in your after, after race career, like you've gone out and who's one guy that you've gone out with that can go all night with Danny Esley. <laughs> like who's the guy? There's not many, but it was, uh, I think it was my first year. I was riding some of the sportser stuff. Uh, uh, I think it's been long enough now. We probably talked about it. <laughs> we, we, the gate was open to the racetrack, and there was a, a whole carload of us in a rental car. And 
I think it, there may, may have been like Paul Lynch and Murphy and there's a few other people. I can't remember who all it was, but we, we took the rental car out. We made, we made quite a few laughs and, and uh, rearranged some hay bales out there. That was a, that was a pretty fun one. <laughs> at at Municipal? No, this was, uh, I think it was New York. Or oh. I can't remember. I think, I think it was New York. Oh maybe. my gosh. Can you imagine if you did that now? Like oh. how, how, Oh, it'd be, yeah. <laughs> you, you'd be done. <laughs> uh, I love that. Dude, that's quite a crowd, man. Like that, that, uh, early two thousands era, like with Murph and Paul Lynch and Willie McCoy, those guys got after it, man. Like it's, it's a lot different now than it was even just like 15 years ago. I mean, those you, you talk about yeah, like the Mount Rushmore I mean, party, like those guys are on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of getting after it. Right. Yeah. I mean, back then it was like everybody crack a beer and, and hang out and have fun. And there's a few guys that still do, but it's, uh, uh, just, uh, everybody's a little more uptight about things. And, and, uh, I guess with all the, the media stuff, it's uh, a lot easier to, to have, bad media on that kind of stuff so it's just better every asshole's got their cell phone out it's like like, put that shit away (laughs) i mean you see the in the video of sammy wadding it up on the scooter at daytona short track a couple years ago (laughs) yeah right on his face that was bad right on his face (laughs) got right up i'm like yeah someone probably check on that guy (laughs) oh man Uh, he's got a pretty hard head sammy's okay yeah Oh, that guy's <laughs> crashed pretty freaking hard too and gets up like that's one guy that literally just i i don't he's not human it's like dude how did i don't get it like what man yeah that was that crash last year was a bad one at charlotte that was whew. then he went to the banquet it's like oh man yeah <laughs> you're gnarly yeah. like you're scary yeah. actually like i don't know i don't yeah. even want to race with you anymore because like what what slows you down like nothing <laughs> it's like crazy Oh, no, dude, like he, he was went. he was at the track the other day, man, like ripping with Dalton and I think BK and Lena Smith. Of course uh, he was. So I mean, good good for him to be back. You know, I mean, hell, that would have been uh, that would have been my swan song, I think. But he's <laughs> he's tougher than I am, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, I actually have one more, man. I'll let you go. Um, best OKC right. rider to ever do it. Who's the best from OKC? I'm from Tulsa, but Oklahoma wise, I mean, oh, uh, maybe not OKC, just Oklahoma. Like, who's who's the best Oklahoma yeah, rider? I mean, I mean, you go old school is Gary Nixon. I mean, he was he won some championships and and was you know both badass on the dirt and on the asphalt. Um, Wait, he's from Oklahoma? I never knew that. Yeah, yep. Nixon was oh, a boy. He moved Shit, to Maryland. Man, then, right. well, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, for sure. There's some good guys yeah, from Oklahoma I mean, for sure. Yeah, Ronnie I mean, Jones. I mean, flat track wise, I mean, Ronnie. Ronnie was definitely, uh, you know, a force to be reckoned with at at any racetrack, and just smooth. You know, he's just one of those guys that never never looked like he was ever out of shape or out of control. He was just he just always going forward and fast. So he whooped Rob's uh, ass on the Astros. I don't know. I, well, I'm gonna have, have to go with me. I've won a few championships, and uh... <laughs> no, you for sure, dude. You're you're definitely. I mean. You start you start putting oh, titles yeah. into the mix. It's like, dude, you can't argue the titles and the the two hundred wins. Like four four two hundred four time Daytona two hundred winner, two time sport bike champ. You've we didn't talk about it because 
we could have a five-hour podcast. But Harley you, won the, won oh, the Harley right. Championship twice on the road race deal, too, oh. on the Sportsters. Yeah, you rode World Superbike. You did that. I think it was, like, for Jordan. Like, you did a wild card in, I think, yeah. 13 or 14. You did a Moto2 yeah. race in uh, 16. It was, like, like France. Spain or France. Okay, it's France. Yeah, dude, you've done a lot France, of shit, yeah. man. It's – it's uh. Yeah, that then I've raced. I, I did a I did a round in a British super super bike. Rode the super stock class in uh, in England. Um, I went down to Brazil and did raced the Brazilian championship, and that one was actually really neat. I went down there and obviously never seen the track, the bike, the team, and went out and put it on pole and won the race. And it was that was a pretty neat one for me. It was they, they had some really stiff competition down there, and it was a a really cool racetrack, and and it's just neat to travel the world and you know do something you love absolutely Hell yeah absolutely nah man we we definitely appreciate you coming on uh like i said man you're highly requested among the fans so it's it's good to have you on good to chat it's always a good time and we'll uh what so your next one i guess is just missouri right we'll see you in missouri yep see you in a couple weeks in missouri all right slick thanks for uh thanks for taking the time dude and we'll, we'll see you in a couple weeks oh awesome. yeah thanks for having me on guys all right all right buddy see you soon later all right, later. Yeah, that's one of those. It's one of those guests like you literally could have a four hour, four or five hour long show. So it was um, trying to keep these like it's like, dude, I want to just chat and like just find out as much as I can because I've never asked like about his career. Because when you're at this level, like I race with Danny, like what am I going to do? Like just ask him about his career every time I see him. So this like podcast for me it's it's cool because i get to learn about these guys in a setting that's like not normal <laughs> like i'm just i don't know it's it's really cool to do but man i could i could ask him like i want to know about the moto 2 race he did like i i want to know more more about it so it's it's hard to pack this all into one show it's like all right well let's talk about this next but man just really so versatile I, I, entertaining guy man <laughs> So funny. Well, and just the, the the talent, man. I mean, there's and and you know he's not on the phone anymore, but I'll still say this to his face. But there's lots of guys that have been like, man, and this comes from road racing now, and of course it probably plays through a dirt track too. But there's multiple guys like high up in the road racing that says like, you know, straight up talent wise, there's nobody better than Danny. But you know, let, let's be honest, like he's not, he's having fun, man. This stage of his career, he's not he's not out riding the bicycle or training, or at least it doesn't appear to be, you know, I don't follow him that closely, but you know, hats off to him, man. He's been all around the world. He's raced damn near every kind of bike and won on just about every kind of bike. So um, that's one of them like up there talent levels, you know, and, and, and people don't realize that, you know, and, and the, like I said, he just is enjoying it. Like he, it doesn't matter what he's riding, what place he gets in the race. He's either going to do a burnout, a wheelie or something and and just go about his business man like how, how awesome is that man if i if i make a main and i'm finishing like fifth or eighth or whatever i'm like oh fuck man them guys are faster than me what the hell can i do better and he's like hell yeah man when's the next one let's do it <laughs> yeah like i said there, I love there's it. been times in a semi where i'll like i'll not finish good like i'll get fourth third or fourth like i'll be pretty annoyed and uh he, he just rides by me and gives me a thumbs up like good job i'm like he's such a positive guy Fuck you yeah. <laughs> yeah he's such a positive guy i'm just like Ugh. like it's uh it's it's awesome to see and he's definitely a talent guy like like you said he's not he's not grinding it out in the training room like he's he's so talented and you know it's it's cool to see man we need all these personalities and he's like a a blue collar kind of old school guy he's gonna 
going to get it done on the track. He's not going to, you know, fuck around, you know, just go out there, do his job and have some fun after the races. So, um, yeah, well, he was kind of, kind of a little bit tame, like on the show, like he's got, he's getting older now. So it's hard to get some of the the good stories out of him, but, um, I I mean, we probably should have waited till like Friday night at like 10 o'clock PM to do the pod and it would have been like epic. Well, we need an after we need an after hours version. We've uh somebody else too. Yeah. We've, we've we've talked to somebody else, and we were like, all right, well, this would be a good guest for like an after hours uh person. I forget who it was. I mean, there's a, a lot of these guys who have some good after hours stories, but nah, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for for coming on. We got. I want to give my my buddy Sammy a plug for his race this weekend. Sammy's Spring Fling Travelers Rest speedway and travelers rest south carolina sammy's doing a lot of really cool things with this event he's he's got a massive purse for the pro guys for friday practice i think that's on the eighth and then the racing is the ninth and the tenth i'm planning on heading yep. down there i didn't know the um the big race was saturday um so i i, had, I was going to plan on coming down sunday taking cruise racing and doing sunday but if i'm going to come i got to come saturday because that's when the big purse is so um we're getting stuff together here in a little bit to uh, hopefully make that trek down. I've seen uh, Jared Meese is going and Cody Cop, Max Whale. Uh, Ryan Varnes told me he skipped out on our boys night last night because he was getting his bike ready. So there's going to be and some. There's a lot of, there's a good, yeah, good guys. A good race, man. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, yeah. a, um, it's cool because it's yeah. a mix. There's twins and singles. So it's, uh, it's open pro, right? So it'll be a, a mix of both. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, you're bringing out the 2010, right? No, no, that's ret- that bike's retired, dude. I think minus the indoors, like it'll it'll come out for the indoors. Every well, <laughs> <laughs> retired until it's time to break it off for the concrete indoors, yeah. and then you're back. The indoors, it's it's uh, it'll come out for that, but it's it's uh, man, we could get into that whole deal, but it's crazy how how far along these 450 um, mo- like motorbikes have come along since even 2010, like it's just how much better these new bikes accelerate and uh, how crisp the motors are. Like my 2010 is a damn good motorcycle. I've won a lot of races on that bike and you know, it's, there's nothing, there's no shortcuts when I built that bike, but these new bikes are so good. It's like, you have to ride four times as hard to keep up with these, these new motorcycles. So um, yeah, no, that's, yeah, I mean, they're that's retired and, I don't even want to build a DTX bike. Cause it's like people talk about how expensive the Indians are and, and all these other bikes, like the XG is what 35 grand when you buy it from Vance and Hines and the Indian was like 45, 50 grand. You build a, a top of the line DTX were 50. You're 20 grand easily. Cause what are they? 12 grand now out of the showroom. Oh my gosh. Suspension. Yeah, I, I did this the other day too. Yeah. I got to find my notes and we had a lot of help. Like Vance and Hines came on board with our program too, but I know I've got like, I say receipts, like I, I've added up like damn near almost 25 K. You can do it now. My 12 grand, Dalton. 12 grand for the bike. Suspension is what? Three grand wheels are. Well, it depends. Three grand. We have, so are we, if we're talking AFT bike, then yeah, you're going to, you're not, you, you know, we went, had Olin's on ours and we had uh Durrell uh, shock. You know, we had a couple different shocks to try, but um, slipper clutch, slipper clutches are what? 1500 bucks now. A grand. Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah, well, yeah, we, um, and you get exhaust, the tuning, you know, what, exhaust, seven, 800 bucks. Yeah. The tuning, you get tuning and that's just having a stock motor. You're not even talking about 
you know, the head work and the cams and the piston and well, all the a, shit you're doing. A dude. good head's another grand. I mean, oh, dude, yeah, it, it, it's not. Yeah, easily. So, yeah, I mean, this shit's not, it's not cheap, man. For 10 grand more, you do get a turnkey, you know, Vance Nines XG, but, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, but I the, mean, the, the 450s, they're only, their lifespan, like Meese talked about, is what, two years at the pro level? It's very uncommon. You see anything older than like 2019s out there. I mean, Everyone yeah, talks sure. about how expensive Super Twins racing is, but 450 racing is not any cheaper because you're turning. Well, and you're going to be buying two of them. You're, if you're going pro, you're going to have two 450s, right? Oh, you have. I mean, yeah, you should. You know, especially like with miles, so, short tracks, you got to have different engine combos. And that's one thing I will say with the framers when we ran framers. Relax, everybody. I don't. Not saying we need to have yeah, framers again. Here we go. But with the framers, the chassis stayed the same for 10 years. Like you didn't have to, you know, there wasn't a high bike turnover when we were running them because of the nature of the build. But now it's, you know, with contingencies and everything else, it's a two year span. So it's, it's, it's expensive. Yep. It's expensive to, uh, to run the singles. So for those listening that might not have realized that, there you go. It's, it's, uh, it's not, and you know, better than anybody you've done it. So um yeah no we, we did it we, we raced a bank owned bike <laughs> i remember the last race fact, uh meadowland you showed up and like w- did the one bike not even have a motor in it or something like there is something no weird. yeah so the yeah the the race before uh we had a, a clutch failure not a not a slipper clutch but actually a master cylinder failure going out to the line so dalton's like turned around like the clutch like nothing was home and of all the times it did it right before the main so he just on the starting line, you can actually watch. He got like a crazy, terrible start. He just jammed the fucker into gear, like at RP, whatever RPM. And and luckily, it held together the whole race. But I came back in, and I just it was like clunking when he came in the pits. And when I drained the oil, and like it was just it was like a fifty-fifty mix of oil and like metal. Oh. And the final race was the next weekend. And you know, no matter who you are, unless you're a factory KTM, you just have another motor to plug in. Like you couldn't rebuild an entire motor and order parts and everything in that amount of time. So yeah, you're right. We had, uh, we had one bike and one rolling chassis. And, uh, um, I think we had to finish like four, like if Bromley won, we had to finish 14th. So obviously our first goal was just to put it in the main. And then like, I think he got like 13th out of 14th. And I think Bromley got like second or third. Like it was, it was like, dude, it was down to the wire. Like I'm losing my shit in the infield. Like, yeah, it was, it was closer than people think, man. Like 2019, actually, like everyone talked about how close, like my, my points ended up being like with my, um, like, you know, we were pretty close Varnes, Colby and me. And at the end of the year with, um, you know, Briar even clinched it a race early, but at the end of the year, the singles and the super twins were closer points battles than even mine was. So it's, uh, and we DNF the last race. So that was a crazy year, man. And, it's uh well, I think, yeah i mean i think Ru- didn't rush end up getting like second in that one like or he won the race and moved hold on let me i'm just gonna go back and look real quick Nah, shana won the race shana won that she she won the race she got third in points so it was no no, it was no 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 bromley, it was dalton shana. rush no. bromley rush rush won the last race and bromley got third i'm looking at it right here and dalton got 14th Oh, uh, I'm thinking 18. My yeah, you're thinking 18, thinking 18, but no, but she Bromley was in second, 18, yeah. and all he had to do was obviously all he had to do was win the race. But we um we just had to finish 
maybe it was 15th or better if Bromley won and we got four. Like basically we did it by like one spot in last and then Bromley got third or second. Yeah, third. So let's see. Those, Weld, those Rush are the and most Weld stressful. Ran down, like, ran them down. I'd rather almost be at like you got a top five or top three to win. Like when you got to go out and get 14th, it's like, it's it's probably almost more stressful when you just like oh, all right we got to get at least 14 because if something ha- stupid happens yeah like, this is the one uh, where Shayna got hurt i think too wasn't it because uh coast got 15th Shayna got 16th and brindley had zero points she crashed she crashed, she crashed. With brindley, right she was in that yeah. crash yeah she was in the crash yeah so yep, um yeah. you know obviously yeah no, we can take was... that back obviously but uh but yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. We won by six points, um, and with a 14th finish. And then we got uh, one DNF, and then one last place because we had a fuel line connector. And then uh, the no points was when he, Mr. Clutchhand McGee at Springfield. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he finished the year strong. I remember like Springfield Short Track. He had a an aggressive, just dominant like. I'm here. Like you're not taking this thing from me. Yeah. No, um, that was that was the that one was of the last few races. Short track. Yeah, got, and that was uh, kind of like that. That kind of that did it right there. I feel that was the yeah, race. Yeah, because we had a propelled. we had a rough we had a rough time at Sacramento because uh, we our our bike was just worn out, dude. It was actually we I had to put a catch bottle in there because it was so tired. It was just blowing oil through the breather, and I didn't want to oil the track down, obviously. <laughs> so we filled up a twenty ounce catch bottle in the main event. So I rebuilt it right before Peoria in the grass at uh, Galesburg, I think, somewhere up there. We did an outlaw race. And then uh, sixth at Peoria, which was good for us because that's not his favorite place. But then Springfield and Williams Grove, we went back-to-back wins. And that was like, yeah, it is good. Gamer, man. Gamers. Guys are gamers. (laughs) Champs, man. The burnout Bobby in the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, food truck, man. I went straight for the food truck as fast as I could. (laughs) Well, cool, man. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, appreciate everybody for listening. Um, thanks again for the support from the sponsors, Mission, Bell Power Sports, Yamaha, Indian Motorcycle, Moto America, Coda this weekend. Pumped. I'm pumped to see some racing. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires and uh, Jerry Stinchfield. Uh, big shout out, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas. Thanks for coming on the pod, man. That was a good one. I'm excited to get this out and we'll, uh, we'll keep her dialed. Thanks, everybody listening. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go check out them videos of Eslick at Mid-Ohio and uh, look up Eslick Road America Rec, too. They're two gnarly ones. Let's go. Later.